Thank you for listening to the Renovate Life Church of God's broadcast. Here's today's message from our pastor, James Demmel. Rizba's battle came during the harvest. It was a time of tribulation. They were in a three-year famine. It was a time of trial. It was a time of trouble. See, some of you are in trouble. Well, pastor, I put my three-piece suit on today. I'm wearing a tie. I, I, I look good. My wife, my wife thinks I'm hot today. That ain't going to get you anywhere. Because when you look outside your window... In the little slice of heaven you've created in MacArthur, the battle is still raging. The tribulation is getting worse. So the closer we get to the return of Christ, the harvest of the saints, there's going to be an increase in spiritual battle. But, but Rizpah intercedes on the rock during harvest. God's been dealing with me about Rizpah. Because we don't have intercession anymore. What we face in the church is brokenness. Verse 10, And Rizpah, the daughter of Ea, took sackcloth and spread it for her upon the rock. From the beginning of the harvest until water dropped upon them out of heaven. And suffered neither the birds of the air to rest on them by day, nor the beast of the field by night. She was there until the water fell on the earth. This one single sacrifice of this lady's son caused God to change his position on the people of Israel. The famine lifted. Why? She was there for nine months. Imagine the decay. Imagine. I probably really shouldn't tell you this, but I'm going to. When I worked in the emergency department, we would take down. We had a, a refrigerator. People would pass away. We'd put them in there until they came to pick up the body to take them to the funeral home. That's how it works at about every hospital. We had these three bays, two or three bays, I can't remember, but you'd open the door, you'd slide them out like you see on CSI. Right? They slide them out, they roll the cover back and say, do you know this man? And she falls apart. And you're like, yep, she knew him. I knew it. I knew. I knew Bob killed Jane. That's what we do. Well, one day, someone had passed away and we went down to take the body down, uh, on another nurse and I, and we open it up, and there's somebody in there. And we begin to peel back. Now, this person had been refrigerated because it slows down the decay. We peel back the cover because we wanted to see if Bob killed Jane. Not really. And the body was extremely decayed like it had been in there for a long time. To the point that the skin was sloughing off. You understand what I'm saying? She was there for nine months. Can you imagine the smell? But the mother stood guard. Can you imagine what she saw? And the trauma that she faced? I'm not just talking about a little tragedy. Number one, her sons had been killed by the king. Number two, she accepted it. And she stood on the rock. But there was nothing. Nothing. 
coming to take her children. There was nothing coming to take her flesh. That was hers. The Bible says she fought the birds and she fought the beast. Listen, the birds want to pluck the flesh. That is a spiritual attack on your life. This is when we're talking from a spiritual parallel. That is a spiritual attack. The Bible, and the, talk about the birds being dirty and what they represent is Satan's attack against you. They wanted her flesh. And as a mother, she had the memory, she had the pain, she had the understanding, and they were not getting it but the beast they don't want the flesh they want to drag off the body they want there to be nothing left and she wasn't having it imagine when the wolf came there's wolf there's a group of wolves knocking on your door listen you're not only fighting the birds you're fighting the wolf what happens when the hyenas come and the foxes come and the beast of the ground come to drag the body off i'm talking about your spiritual life what are you going to do if you don't know to read the Word and understand the Word and accept the Word into your life and to stand on this foundation called Jesus Christ? You are going to sway every way. i got to hurry. Five points and I'm at three. Rizba's taking a blow of epic proportion. Now she's going to let the picky birds take her She's not. She's going to fight what is hers for what is hers. So many times the people sit in church and never, know, never come to know the Lord because they've given their flesh to everything unholy. They're numb. They don't know what it is to praise the Lamb. They're numb. Sin has an appeal to our flesh. Satan wants to pick at us like the birds until we give it over to him. It's not worth it anymore. I'm done. You ever heard anybody say that? My wife says this. I can't. Sometimes she does this. I can't. You ever been to the point where you can't? Rizpah is in prayer and intercession. Satan wants to pick our lives until we turn our flesh over to him. Sin is a, the business of pleasure. And if we would get away from sin, Satan would go out of business. Rizpah stood on the rock. She kept the pesky spirits away from her flesh. It was an aggressive intercession. It was an aggressive prayer life. Well, pastor, I can't even engage right now. You're going too long. That's our problem. Intercession takes time. Intercession takes prayer. Intercession takes being in a place where you're not comfortable. Aggressive. I remember when I was nine or ten years old. My sister was in the cart. My mom was getting groceries. And all along about the Velocic pickle aisle, this lady finds my mom. She begins to tell 
how her life's a mess and she don't know what to do. She don't know where to turn. See, some of you don't know what that is right now, but you will, and some of you are there right now. When my mom began to pray with her, funny thing about old Ma, she's not quiet. I'm nine years old, and they, they, I'm talking like a 25 or 30 minute prayer. Mom's got one hand on the cart jerking my sister all over the place. She got her hand on this woman and they're shouting the hills of glory right there and I think you're going to take out every Velocic pickle on the shelf. And I'm just trying to hide. I'm looking for any place that I, I would have pulled the pickles off the shelf and climbed in there. The place was packed and all of a sudden it was like a ghost town. And she was crying and mom was crying and everybody was going on in prayer. I'm talking about aggressive intercessory prayer. When the lady said, will you pray for me? She didn't know what she's getting. <laughs> will you pray with me? And mom began to pray. Lord, I pray that you work on her situation, her tragedy, her problem. God, we know that you can fix it. We know that you can move on it. God, she don't have any way to turn, but we pray right now in this aisle, God, that you begin to move with your power, your anointing, your strength. Touch her. Give her joy. Give her peace. Give her an experience with God that can move the mountains in her life. She can't go over it. She can't go under it. She can't go around it. So God, we need you. So embarrassed. I couldn't get over it. I knew there was no change in her mind. So when she finished her prayer, my sister had to fix her ponytail. We paid for our groceries and went to the car. Fast forward 20 years later. Me and Wyatt are having a day together, you know, father-son bonding time where he tells me what to do and I follow him. He says, I want to get a milkshake at McClure's. I said, let's do it. I'll get a large. You can have half of mine. He said, I want my own. <laughs> Your mom ain't here, brother. You can have an extra large if you want. <laughs> we get to the McClure's and there's a long line. And he says, let's just go in. You got it. We start in the door. And right inside the door, there's this woman that goes to this church. And as soon as she sees me, she falls apart. Now, if I'm praying, I want to know what I'm praying for. So I said, stop right there. Get yourself together. Tell me what's going on. She begins to tell me all of these issues and problems in her life. Fast forward. 20 years later, I began to hold on to her hands and say, God... Lord, there's no way that she can get through this without you. There's no chance in this world. And I'm sure that we got a little louder than we wanted to get. And we began to declare the word of God over her life. And we began to pick out the scripture that was going to touch her and transform her. And we were going we to allow God to move right there in McClure's. This and the place was packed and people started to go out the other door. Wyatt disappeared. I didn't know where he was. All I knew is that she had to get to God. And we were going to stand there until she did I'm crying she's crying the workers are looking at us like deer in headlights like what in the world is going on do we call the cops or do we run and all of a sudden when it all comes together and we say hey, man I can't find Wyatt anywhere 
I start to panic. And I look all the way to the other side of the restaurant in the very corner. He's sitting in the booth with his head down. I said, buddy, what are you doing? He said, now listen, dad. He said, next time that you do this, you think we can just take these people to the church? I said, well, why? He said, because all those workers up there were looking at me. God's not going to come right when you want him to. In the place you want him to. In your prayer closet. Sometimes when you're having a tragedy, you're going to have to link up with people that can help you. People that can sustain you. They had to bring her food. They had to bring her water. But she was not going to allow the beast to take the bodies. And she was not going to allow the birds to pick the flesh. Last point, and I'm going to let Jared come. The trains are coming. <laughs> Listen to what the Bible says in James 5.16. We're talking about being aggressive prayer warriors. Confess your faults one to another. Pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The word effectual, it means animated prayer of success. Oh, that's so good. Just one word. Fervent means boiling, red hot prayer of zeal and fire. I'm talking, listen, there's, there, there's no more time for bedside Baptist. There's no more time. Come on. For this stuff where we're afraid to raise our hands. There's no, there's, I'm talking about aggressive intercessory prayer. Now we are in a different day than Rizpah was in. Because we are in a day where God is coming back. The signs of the times are right here. And he's going to take his people. And the, the battle you're going to face is much like this tragedy of risk. But God put it in the Bible so we could understand how to pray during tragedy. And we've got to be aggressive about it. You've got to intercede. Listen, you've got to pray when you don't feel a thing. You've got to intercede and, and call on the name of Jesus more than five second mamby-pamby prayer that you got out of Reader's Digest that you thought was pretty. You gotta pray to the living God of the Bible. You gotta declare His word. You gotta say, God, I need you to move on my situation. I need you to move on my family. See, you're not gonna come in contact with the rest of the world, but you are gonna come in contact most of the time on a daily basis with your family. If you're not interceding, the devil has a hold. If you're not praying, the devil has a hold. The moment that we take a step back, church, the devil has a foothold we cannot give him a foothold we gotta fight we gotta knock the birds away we gotta fight the beast we gotta come against the devil and we gotta do it for our family an intercessory prayer and that's exactly what she did she was there day and night she didn't matter she was she was standing in the gap for her children. It didn't matter that there was no life left in them. That was her flesh. Five. 
She stayed in her place of protection so long that she got the king's attention. Pastor, what are you saying? The Bible says tragedy's going to come. There's a simple verse that says it rains on the just and the unjust. That means you're going to have good times and bad times. Ecclesiastic goes in, Ecclesiastes goes into detail. Bad is going to come. But do you have a prayer life that can deter it? Do you know how to pray? Every person that declares the name of Jesus Christ, that believes He is their Lord and follows Him, should have an understanding of what intercessory prayer is. You know, I was at a church, I was leadership at a church, and they had, oh Lord, forgive me for saying this, the dumbest intercessory prayer line I had ever seen. Fifteen 85-year-old people with walkers would come across the front of the church in my town lies. And they'd stand there. They would have someone on the platform that would say, does anybody need intercessory prayer? There'd be two lines of people, wouldn't there? I don't care your age. I just wanted to paint you a picture. Because if you're 85 and know how to pray, you can get to God. If you're 106 and you know how to pray, you can get to God. But this is what they do. They'd come up in line, touch them, Lord. They'd go to the next person. Heal them, Lord. They'd go to the next person. Give them blessing, Lord. Psst. Don't waste my time. Don't say heal me, bless me, and touch me. I already know God can do that. When I'm broken, I know God can do that. You know why? Because I'm His. Intercessory prayer is when you call out aggressively to God and you are not leaving there. Until you get what you're asking for. And the promise, I already told you about the promises in his word. It's not because you're right. It's because he made the promise. God cannot lie. If you declare his promise, he has to come through. Every time. Jerry, would you come to the piano? Pastor, why does God just not answer my prayer when I pray? The Bible says in the book of Daniel that he heard your prayer the first time you called. But Daniel's prayer was thwarted for 21 days. He didn't get to God. Some of you are numb right now. God can't help me. God can't do this. God can't do that. But he heard your prayer. You can't pray a prayer because someone told you to. you got to pray a prayer that's right here from the heart. It's the heart of God that will touch you. It's the heart of God that will transform you. It's intercessory prayer when you get into that time with God. Where God begins to move on your life. I'm talking a supernatural move. We don't have the supernatural anymore in our churches because we don't have the spirit. You've got to have both. Or God can't move. 
Everybody stand with me. What do you want from God? Let me ask you a harder question. What do you want from your tragedy? See, she didn't just go through the tragedy. God sent her through the tragedy to bring her to understanding. God puts us, puts you, puts me, puts us through the tragedy so we can understand Him. He made you, the Bible says, and you are fearfully and wonderfully made. When I look at the blessing of God in my life, every day, every day He's blessing me. Every day He's blessing me in ways that I can't understand. But that's not going to stop the tragedy. Church, that's not going to stop the storm. That's not going to stop the irreversible loss in your life of whatever it may be. His blessings are totally different than the triumph that He gives you. You're blessed just for knowing Him. I mean, I'm talking about truly blessed. I can't tell you the times that I didn't have a washer working and here someone came to my house with the washer. We didn't have a refrigerator and someone came with the refrigerator. Now I'm blessed to be a blessing. But I remember those days. Don't ever forget them. I don't care how much money you make. I don't care what you think you are. Don't ever forget what God did for you when you couldn't do it for yourself. Because when you do, you might as well link right up with Satan because that's called pride. God wants to move on you. He wants to move on us, intercessing, praying people. Pastor, I've got tragedy in my life. I've always felt like I couldn't make it to God the way I was supposed to because of the tragedy. Now you know differently. Declare His promise. Declare His word. Declare His understanding. You know what declaration means? It's something that you do over and over and over. When you declare it, it's something that's in you. When you declare it, it's something that becomes part of you. And when you declare it, it is who you are. Don't say, I'm going to declare God and then never do anything again. Don't say, I'm going to pray and then don't pray. Because that's not who you are. You, you follow me? A church member prays. No, 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 no. I'm so sorry I said that wrong. A man or woman of God prays. There's lots of church members. All your torment, all your struggle is meant for one moment when you catch the king's eye. When you get the king's attention. Now watch this. It all comes down to this. She caught the king's attention. I'm going to show you something. The king put her there. And it took her nine months, nine months to get the king's attention. But when you get the king's attention, he intercedes for you. Thank you for joining us today. If this message has uplifted you, we would love to hear your story. Go to www.renovatelifecog.com and click contact. Your testimonies are a blessing to us throughout the week. 
Renovate Life is a place of healing for the lost, the broken, the weak, weary, and stray.